Welcome to this week's episode of the Integra Podcast, where we discuss everything from wisdom to wellness to woo. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome to the Integra Podcast, where we talk about all things wisdom, wellness, and woo. Today, I am here with Kalyani Pardeshi. Kalyani is a 2-4 sacral time bender manifesting generator in human design. She is an anti-bullying specialist and a multiple award-winning author of the book, Unbullied, 14 Techniques to Silence the Critics, Externally and Internally. Her book on bullying, bullying has won three international awards, including the Book Excellence Finalist Award. Kaliani specializes in anti-bullying techniques for school-aged children, as well as techniques to combine our inner bully, to combat our inner bully critic. And this is for both children and adults. And I do want to add in that she is also a graduate of the quantum human design specialist training with me and um, which is where we met. And I'm so excited to have her on here today. Kalyani, welcome. Thank you so much for such a lovely introduction. Thank you so much, Heather. I'm really excited to be here and to have this discussion. Wonderful. Yeah, me too. This is such a big topic and I'm so glad that we're doing it and I'm doing it with you. So um, I always love to start out and have my guests share their why or their origin story. So um, tell us a little bit about why uh, you've gotten into this. Okay, so I had, it was so funny, I quit my career as a CPA 12 years ago when my son was born. Uh And I just wanted to stay home with the kids. And then after doing that for a couple of years, I got into fitness to get fit Mm -hmm. and to overcome postpartum depression. I ran a fitness business and it was successful. But now because of human design, we know that it was out of alignment. So I was actually very unhappy. Oh, Um, Uh, And it was something I didn't know at that time. It just didn't feel right to me. I Mm. I felt I was burning out a Mm. lot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, but I enjoy this. Why am I burning out? So I stopped that. And then I literally, and as a manifesting generator, I think this was the hardest thing is I sat in limbo and also as a fourth line profile, (laughs) very hard. (laughs) I sat in limbo for more than a year. Wow. It was really, really hard. I used to do, because I write and a lot of people would hire me to do like press releases and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't something that was consistent. It was just coming and going. And then after about a year and I'd say a month, um, I attended an anti-bullying workshop at my daughter's school. Um, I had been bullied when I was a teenager. Mm. So I wanted to see what was being taught that would be different from what I was taught. Mm-hmm. And while I appreciated that they were the same techniques that were being taught, I mean, obviously it works to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this comes in with my, my, my conscious moon in gate three and my 1858, which is, mm-hmm. you know, the joy of mastery. So I can see patterns mm-hmm. that need correcting. And then the gate three is the gate of innovation. So I could see how there was a gap between the actual bullying that was happening Mm. and uh, the techniques that were being taught. Right. So 
I really wanted to change that. I wanted to bridge that gap because mm-hmm. it's, and it's funny, I sent this to you in an email. It's like, you know, giving someone an Advil when they have explosive diarrhea, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or if they're throwing up, you give them an Advil. So it's not the right medication. Right. right? Uh-huh. Um, so I actually, I, I, d- I didn't decide to write a book right away. I started with a short story. And then that short story went out um, via press release to um, like NBC, Fox News, all those mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get any feedback from it. And I, I felt I had to do more. Right. So that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write a book. And I wrote the first draft in 19 days because- Wow. Thank you. Because my, my point was, what is the real problem? And this is something you can do to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And even with my private one-to-one consultations, it starts with my teenagers- they come to me filling out a form telling me exactly what the problem is that they want solved mm-hmm. as opposed to well here's a solution you know it's like going to a therapist and them giving you all sorts of techniques for anxiety but you're battling depression so right. you know mm-hmm. it was more about okay what's the problem and i'm going to design solutions around the problem mm-hmm. and that's kind of where it is going right now in this, mm-hmm. in this sort of direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I appreciate, I definitely appreciate everything that's being taught, but I feel because there is as much bullying as there is right now in the world, mm-hmm. more can be done. We need to look at those techniques. We need to look at how we can tweak them. In an ideal world, I would love to see like an anonymous survey done in schools where they ask the children, you know, what bullying problems are you facing? Just ask them what the problem is. And then the specialists can come in and address those particular issues, Mm -hmm. as opposed to we've done this thing, which helps team building. We've done that thing, which helps, you know, um, like this issue. So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever issue they think it is. And I mean, I would love to give an example, if I may of what I went through with my daughter. So my daughter is 15. Yes. And last week, Thursday, um, she, she was in class. And because of a lot of drama that's been going on for months now, um, between her and two outside classmates, they're not friends anymore. A third person has what's known as, um, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this word, it's called Dion Dare. It's Y-A-N-D-E-R-E. I'll explain that word just now. Yeah. Um, so basically, this person that has this Yandere attachment with one of the, the girls that my, my daughter was having issues with, this person with, with this con- condition picked up a pair of scissors and threatened to stab my daughter and actually was standing behind her with the scissors to her oh back. Oh, my goodness. Um, so when I say yonder, it is, and like I say, I don't know how to pronounce it. So forgive me. Um, Basically it is this person can come across as being exceptionally sweet, but they tend to be possessive over one person. Mm. And for that one person, they would murder if they have to. Wow. But they're sweet on the, you know, so it is, it's uh-huh. that attachment to that person and they will do mm-hmm. anything to protect that person. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, what my daughter did is um, she bolted to another classroom where a teacher, you know, sat down, calmed her down 
and um, texted the principal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the principal reply to the text is, I'm busy in meetings. Oh, my um, goodness. So she followed protocol. She followed what she was taught to go and speak to an adult. And mm -hmm. the, the person that's in charge turns around and says, um, I'm busy. I'm too busy for to, um, yeah, to deal exactly. with this. But I'm going, I'm, exactly. But again, the, this is my 1858 kicking in. I'll talk about right, why right. all of this happened. Mm -hmm. So um, she did all of that. I waited five and a half hours, Heather. I waited five and a half hours for the school to get in touch with me. I already knew what happened because my daughter texted me. Right, right. When she was sitting with that teacher, she said to me, mom, this is what's happened. Mm. I said, okay, are you safe? Yes, I'm safe. Mm -hmm. um, but I said, I will wait to hear from the school. I waited mm -hmm. five and a half hours. Nobody got in touch with me. Wow. I sent an email to the principal. And I said, I literally stated the facts. This is what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, apparently you were busy. Can you tell me what you're going to do to deal with the situation? Mm -hmm. So I don't hear from her. She talks to my daughter the next day and she tells her one thing. She tells her, oh, you know, the person that threatened you, um, I've known them since they were four years old and they have family problems. And then the principal emails me later in the morning, I'm working on this. And then she calls me Friday evening and she says to me, we've come up with a plan for one week, one week of school. We're going to ensure the student is watched over and kept away from your daughter. Your daughter has got safe designated spaces in the school where she can run to for safety. That was the plan. Okay. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so I discussed this with my daughter. She wasn't happy. Come Monday morning, the principal speaks to my daughter again. Mm -hmm. And she says to my daughter, two things that really, first of all, the teacher that was supposed to keep an eye on my on the perpetrator mm -hmm. and keep, keep her away from my daughter, she put my, uh, that teacher took my daughter under her eye and said to my daughter, I can't always be looking out for you. So you're going to have to look out for yourself. <gasps> wow. The principal talks to her and then she says, you know what, you need to stop talking about this so it can blow over. So I ended up emailing. It was it was just I was just shocked. Um, I what? And it's instead your daughter of, who's been I, yeah exactly. Sorry, it's a bit of a long story. So no, keep going. No, this is important for people to hear. Yeah. So what, what ended up happening is I didn't want to go back to the principal because first of all I thought the first thing that came to mind is bias. She's mm -hmm. known the perpetrator since they were four years old. She's known my daughter for three years. So basically, she's known the perpetrator for eleven years. Right. I've known my daughter for four years, mm -hmm. sorry, three years. And then um, I got in touch and again, they would not give me this information. So I had the contact email address of the previous school resource police officer. I emailed her and I asked her who the current one was. She sent me that information. I emailed the current school resource police officer. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, I literally described the entire situation. I mentioned the bias mm -hmm. and on Tuesday, I get called to the principal's office. And let me tell you something, Heather, it doesn't matter how old you get, when you get called to the principal's office, you are literally soiling your pants. Yes. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I know. You feel like you've done something wrong. Right, exactly. So we go to the principal's office and we've had, we had a discussion for an hour and a half. And, you know, she was just basically 
saying to me, you said you wanted serious action. I canceled all my meetings on Friday. You said I should call you at six on Friday evening. I canceled plans with my family, you know, just so that I could call you. And my whole point is you're doing this because you feel guilty for not taking immediate action. Right. Yeah. So don't try and don't project that guilt on me. You know, I, I may not be a fifth line, but I got the fifth line six times in my, um, in my chart. So yeah. <laughs> I know you're projecting, right? Yes, exactly. And then the second thing uh, <laughs> I said to her is I want some clarity on what she meant by that my daughter should stop talking about this so we can blow over. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, oh, I wasn't in- implying this incident. It was just about all the drama that's been going on between her and her former friends she needs to stop talking about that. In fact, she doesn't even talk about it. So I said to her, okay, so basically Mm -hmm. the person that she has the problem with Mm -hmm. was bullying her in that instant, calling her toxic and everything, and she should just keep quiet. Right. Uh At the end of the day, what ended up happening, is she defended herself, which triggered the third person who had that attachment with with that girl Mm -hmm. come at my daughter with a pair of scissors right 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 Mm -hmm. none of this would have happened and then I and I said to her okay so tell me about you know why the teacher messed this up right Mm -hmm. she's supposed to keep the other person under her eye not my daughter and she's oh well that was a misunderstanding okay so tell me about um I said to her tell me about uh the text that you got from the teacher said well the teacher just said uh you know do you have time to talk to a student so here's my thing so the incident was not relayed it was exactly wow exactly so here's the thing right so one of the things she said to me and you know it's just like no, please don't tell me that. So as a mom, as someone in this anti-bullying uh, field, it was really hard for me to try to balance the two out, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things she said to me, you know, I did all of this. I canceled all my meetings. I canceled my family plans to call you um, because what I do, I do it as, as a, from a place of service. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, if you're doing it from a place of service, you won't try to make me feel guilty about it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing she said to me, which was like, okay, this doesn't make sense. She says to me, you know, you're talking about me taking serious action against that person, but you don't know how much that other person is suffering. So I said to her, and that's when I stopped. I said to her, excuse mm-hmm. me, ma'am, right. but if you were doing this from a place of suffering, that student would be, lear- sorry, from a place of service. Uh-huh. If you're doing this from a place of service, that student wouldn't be suffering. They would be learning. Right, Exactly. And boundaries would be set in place. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at all of this and I can tell you exactly where the flaws are in the system. So number one, when the teacher texted the principal, she should have been very clear and said, look, this is what's happened. Can you come and talk to the student? Mm -hmm. If that failed, step two, the principal should have said, what is this concerning? Mm -hmm. So I can, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how serious is it? Mm -hmm. So that I know what action to take. Right. Uh huh. Right. Step three, miscommunication between the principal and the teacher. Who was the teacher supposed to keep under her eye? Mm hmm. Right. You know, miscommunication. Why are you telling my daughter to shut up about it? Mm hmm. So there's so many flaws in the system. And then when I look at um, the anti bullying that we talk about is you should speak to an adult. This is one of the reasons why children hold back mm-hmm. from talking. Because 
you know, there are these little breaks in, I wouldn't even say little, they're massive breaks in communication. Right. You know, right. We, we look at telling a bully to stop. If I don't want to imagine what would have happened if my daughter turned around and told that girl, you know, stop, you're being mean. Right. Because that doesn't even fall under that category. No, no. And here's the one that really gets to me is, yes, I agree, we need to stand up for one another, right? Mm -hmm. Now, this incident happened in a classroom full of people, yet mm -hmm. no one, no one was going to be a witness to the incident. Right. No one. So basically, the principal said, I have no one that corroborated your story. So when we ask other people to stand up for the victim mm -hmm. of bullying, do we, do we actually realize what we're telling them? We're telling them, you put yourself in the line of fire mm -hmm. for the sake of someone else. Mm -hmm. Or a friend, for a friend, mm -hmm. or an acquaintance. Put yourself in the line of fire for an acquaintance. Right. Mm -hmm. Why would anyone want to do that? Exactly. Uh-huh. Right? So a better way would have been or I really feel is equip the person themselves mm -hmm. with the right tools so that other people can see that they're doing what they can and they are going to support. Right. Because you know? mm -hmm. we don't want to create that codependent relationship, which is actually what's happening in this whole friend group right now is there's a codependent relationship mm -hmm. where one person is being bullied, but, um, she doesn't want to stand up for herself. And there's a reason for it. I can see the psychological reason behind it. Mm -hmm. It's a form of attention and she's really desperate for attention. So she will take the bullying because it's, it's attention. Mm -hmm. And um, everyone else stands up for her and she just lets them mm -hmm. because again, it's attention. Right. Mm -hmm. So you know what they say, you teach a man to fish, he'll never go hungry in life. And that's what I'm talking about, you know? Right. And, and that's kind of what I teach. Um, in my one-to-one -one consult, uh, consultations is, mm -hmm. this is how you're gonna fish for yourself. In this right. situation, the person says this to you, this is how you're gonna respond. Mm -hmm. right. And it's worked so well that I've never had recurring clients. People mm -hmm. come to me once, their problems are solved and they move on. I love that. Yeah. I mean, and, and uh, yeah, that's, a, that's an amazing outcome. You know, a lot of people want recurring clients, but you really don't. You no, want I don't. to be empowered so that they can, so the incidents stop and so they can move on and feel empowered in their life from that moment on as well. Exactly. Because ultimately the message we're sending out, especially when we say that you should stand up against someone who's bullying your friend or someone in around you the mm -hmm. message was sending to the target of the bully is you are powerless mm -hmm. you need other people to stand up for you right uh-huh and as it is bullying makes you feel powerless mm -hmm. because you feel powerless against your bully and then you have to depend on other people to stand up for you right right mm -hmm. and then you might end up in a situation where nobody's going to stand up because they don't want to be in the line of fire mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah yeah so, yeah. Yeah. And especially, you know, peer pressure is so rampant, you know, oh, I can't say anything. I don't want to say, you know, so we're dealing with so many levels to it. You know, why do you want to stand up and be in the line of fire? Um, peer pressure at definitely at that age, you know, middle school through high school, you know, and beyond. I mean, especially if it's been something that you've dealt with your whole life. But, you know, really in that, that peer pressure, oh, I'm not going to say anything. 
oh, you know, and we see I'm it. Glad I'm not targeted. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't get targeted because, you know, I'm trying to just make it through high school or whatever, you know, so exactly. That's yeah, that's amazing. So yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your process with your clients. So one of the most important things is you've got to, you know, find solutions for the actual problem. Mm -hmm. And Often what's happened to me is the, the kids that come to me, it's usually a lot of name calling, mm. a lot of that stuff. And one of the things that I always teach them is, you know, we tend to say, stop your being mean or, you know, um, you're bullying me. And ultimately, it just gives the bully more power because a bully thrives on power. Right. Uh -huh. And if they know that what they are saying is upsetting the other person, they feel powerful. Mm -hmm. So um, a very good example I like to give is this one boy I worked with. Uh, he loves theater. And uh, there was a girl that was teasing him saying, you're a theater boy, you're a theater boy, mm -hmm. you know, theater is only for girls. Mm -hmm. So I taught him, we, we talked about this. I taught to him to say, you know what? I am a theater boy. Mm -hmm. And then he asked me, okay, but what if she says, well, theater is only for girls. Then I said, tell her that I'm changing that. What are you doing to change the world? Oh, I love that. And we, we had our, our consultation on Saturday, on Monday, he went and used this, came back home, super happy, mom's super happy. And he, you know what, they haven't bothered him again. That's so awesome. That is so awesome. And I love that because it's really um, sending it back, sending that energy and that uh, back to that person and, um, you know, the, the bully, you know. Exactly. And one of the things, like I say, that I, I struggle with is when, when people say just ignore them. Right. Yeah. Because what, what ends up happening is when you ignore them, you're, you're still powerless. They, mm -hmm. they had whatever they said, whatever they said, mm -hmm. you still left powerless. And then I don't know about you, but I'll stand in the shower the next day thinking, oh, I should have said that. Oh man, why didn't I think of oh, that? Yes. And you yeah. skew over it forever, mm -hmm. right? But if you uh -huh. say what you say and you walk away, you don't think about it. You're like, yes, and you just move on and you're so happy. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you know, if you just ignore it, then you haven't, yeah, that, that energy still, um, directed at you. It's never been sloughed off and sent exactly. back. And exactly. Uh, yeah, that's just, it's it. And it's in, empowering. And, you know, think about those kids who've been told to ignore it. Um, how does that help their self-esteem? You know, no, it doesn't. And the, I, I want to talk about another little girl. I won't say little girl. She's 15. Yeah. That I worked with. And one of her bullies would just say to her, you should go kill yourself. <gasps> oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, when we look at the traditional anti-bullying techniques, she did go to the teacher. She mm -hmm. did uh, go to the principal and nobody believed her. Mm hmm. She and tried the bull, everything she was told yeah, to do. Exactly. And the system broke down. The system broke down. And, you know, the bullies just said, oh, no, I was talking to myself. You know, I, I, I wasn't mm -hmm. saying it to mm -hmm. you. So I said to her that you have two options if that ever happens again. Mm -hmm. Option one, take a step back and say, I'm sorry, what did you say? I didn't hear you. Get her to say it loud enough for other people to hear. Yes. Uh -huh. but, and especially a teacher, you know. 
And if that, if you're not comfortable with that, the other option is literally look her in the face and run up to her and give her a big hug and say, oh my gosh, you should not talk about yourself that way. You need to go and see a teacher. Come, let me help you. Uh-huh. So that's another way to turn it on on the other person. Yeah, yeah. And I they will that. be a bit weirded out. They will be a bit shocked. Um, but it also, it, it calls them out on their story. Oh, I'm just talking to myself. Exactly. Uh-huh. There's one incident that I want to share about my daughter. And this is something I taught my daughter. Uh-huh. Um, I won't swear because they swear a lot. <laughs> oh, you're, you're fine to swear on this. I, I, uh, the uh, explicit language thing is turned on. So oh, it's okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not going to beep you out, but it, you know, people know that explicit language helps on, <laughs> it, uh, always happens on my podcast. So you're good. <laughs> Thank you. So it was last week, this time again, it was one of those, those girls causing drama. Uh, and I don't know what she said to my daughter. I can't remember what words she said her but something you know um and stupid stuff it's like you got small boobs and a flat ass and and stuff (laughs) like that right yeah so and just being like mean and bitchy really Uh bitchy Uh so I taught this to my daughter and this is what she said she said to the the bully does that make you happy does saying that to me make Mm -hmm. you happy of course the bully's gonna say yes it does Uh so my daughter again something I taught her and says Thank you for showing me that I hold power over your happiness. Oh, that's a goodie. I love and then, that. And then she said, what do you mean, bitch? <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> so my daughter says, basically, you derive happiness from what you say to me, and it makes you happy to say those things to me. So I'm the one that has the key to your happiness. Right. Uh-huh. And she like grumbled, bitch, and then stormed off. Yeah, because it leaves them having to process that and go. Exactly. Oh, wow. Oh, (laughs) because it's a double whammy. It's a double whammy because if you say yes, you're screwed because, Mm -hmm. you know, yes, I hold the power and the key to your happiness. Right. And if you say no, then I'm going to say to you, then why are you doing it? Right. So you have a you have um, languaging for her to for either response, which is exactly. And my daughter is a projector. She's an emotional projector. So for her to be seen and heard that way, you know, and she said, Mom, that was like, really, it was so nice just to see her grumble and walk. Oh, yeah, because, you know, yeah, yeah. For projectors, it really is. um, And can feel, you know, they can feel very, very bitter from interactions like this and which is totally understandable you know um it is their you know their uh their their theme and so um their authority yeah their theme so yeah yeah undefined her that's right the und- she's and she's the emotional projector as well so oh yeah well you know yeah oh my goodness that is just fabulous and you know you empowering these these kids and adults because I'm sure you work with adults as well and giving them the comebacks that we you know because like you said do you you the next morning you're in the shower thinking of the things to say the empowered things to say you're giving them that those tools so when that language comes at them they're able to respond because those tools have been implanted those um those statements have been implanted. Those questions have been implanted. That's so cool. I love this. Well, thank you. And the thing is, I always say to them, whenever I sit down with any child, I say to them, the bully is going to say the same things to you over and over. 
So it's literally just memorize this and practice it. Uh So we literally in a session, what I do is I don't just give it to them. I literally teach it to them. Mm-hmm. I pretend to be the bully. I get them to practice it with me. Oh, I love that. And, um, you know, because I do this online, mm-hmm. uh, specifically online, I'd love to do it offline as well. Mm-hmm. I get them to look me in the eye. Mm-hmm. You know, shoulder, I literally say shoulders back, look me in the eye when you say this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that is what makes the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love my glowing testimonials. <laughs> they make me so happy. <laughs> yeah yeah no and it's awesome because you are because body part part of it is it's not only the words but it is your posture and your nonverbal communication towards that person standing up you know strong solid in who you are your four (laughs) your line four that foundation holding that foundation um, within the body so that the body can respond and allow those words to come through. I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's like I've experienced this as an adult. I've experienced it mm-hmm. as a teenager. I mean, many times as a teenager, I did not have answers. But then I started seeing that I did it once. I was like, whoa, this worked. <laughs> There's something in this, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had a family member go off at me just telling me I'm an awful mother and, you know, mm. and it just, it got so aggressive where this person went on to tell me that they don't care about me and they don't want to see me ever again. And I literally said, thank you. That's awesome to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we have that information and we're on the, both on the same page because I right? I, yeah. don't want to see you either. You know, I'm exactly, good. Especially after you're talking to me like that. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, so it has, you know, because, and especially this is a lot of my individual circuitry is mm-hmm. do things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, every experience has been like that. It's like, wait, hang on a second, you know, this isn't working, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like, if you're changing a nut and bolt on something, if you don't have the right, like, spanner or, or screwdriver or whatever it is you need, it's not going to work. Right, exactly. And it, it saddens me so much because, you know, every time I've reached out to schools and I said, look, I have this to teach. I've won mm-hmm. awards, you know, I want to come into your school and talk about it. They literally say, we've already done all our anti-bullying stuff. Mm-hmm. And a part of me wants to ask them, so does that mean bullying has entered in your schools? Right, right. But they're doing, but, the, they're doing the formulaic. Exactly protocol they're not looking at it from a bio individual standpoint exactly you know and one of the things I really really wish schools would do is an anonymous survey Mm -hmm. and honestly ask these kids it's like what bullying problems are you really having Mm -hmm. you know um how do you feel the anti-bullying techniques that are taught help you or don't help you Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't take much. All the kids have access to the school computers. Create Mm -hmm. a simple Google form. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, they send out surveys about everything else. Why couldn't they send out a survey about this? And Exactly. You know, because, you know, for kids and for, you know, we all want to be seen and validated and heard. And uh, when we're not, that's when those kids do get lost you know, Mm -hmm. and um, something unfortunately tragic can happen, 
or, um, you know, they go into adulthood um, with the, the self-esteem issues. And Absolutely. what if we could teach them early on that we can be empowered? And, uh, and that's just it. Sorry, Heather, I'm interrupting no, you. This is, you know, this is one of the reasons I got Karen's permission to use the nine resiliency keys from human mm. design. Mm -hmm. Because the self-worth piece, and she talks about it, comes from lovability and capability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, in, mm -hmm. And... What I figure, and this is the biggest problem, is, you know, going slightly off on a tangent here because my brain just said, you got to talk about this too. Do it, do it, yes. Um, we talk about, you have to teach everyone to be kind to one another. Mm -hmm. My point is, if you have been bullied, can you be kind to your bully? Can you find it in your heart to be kind to your bully? Right, uh-huh. As an adult, that would be very hard for me. I can't imagine asking a child to do that. Oh, definitely, definitely. So when I talk about the, the self-worth piece mm -hmm. and we can't give the bullies, I, I specifically want to work with bullies. Mm -hmm. Yes. I work, with, I work with victims of bullying, but I specifically want to work with bullies. Yeah. And it's crazy, you know, because everyone says, well, we don't have budget for this. We don't have budget for this. The concept, again, my gate three fully charged here. Mm -hmm. The concept that I want to teach uh, educational institutions is you don't need a budget to do this. Right. What, you, what if we could teach bullies capability? You don't need a budget right. for it. You don't need to give them lessons of that. Literally, ask them in a classroom, whatever is a great responsibility, whatever they see as a great responsibility, give them that responsibility. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to show that child, I trust you. I mm -hmm. believe you are capable of doing this. Mm -hmm. And from that capability that they start, the bully starts to feel within themselves because my teacher believed in me, mm -hmm. they can pull onto the lovability piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because they need to channel that energy. Exactly. So what if we gave them responsibilities in the mm -hmm. classroom that is related to the work that they might be doing that might not necessarily be related to the work that they're doing? Mm -hmm. Give them a planter box. Mm -hmm. Go to the dollar store, give them a planter box, give them plants to take care of. If they already have certain projects going in the class, for mm -hmm. plants, everything, make them responsible to make sure that everything is going according to plan, everything is looked after. Mm -hmm. So the minute you give them these responsibilities, you're showing them that I believe in you. Mm -hmm. You are capable of doing this. Mm -hmm. And from that, they start, it, it builds their self-esteem. Right. Because they've probably been bullied at home or, exactly. you know, or ha they have self-esteem issues. That's why they're bullying because exactly. they feel powerless. Exactly. And that's the whole thing is what if we could give them that capability piece? And honestly, it does not require a budget. Right, right. It does not require a budget. I remember and where the concept came from is I remember reading a story about a, a bully that was bigger than everyone else. I don't know if it was preschool or if it was kindergarten. And what the teacher did is a couple of months later, um, a girl in a wheelchair joined the class. Hmm. And she gave the bully full responsibility for that girl. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Taking her everywhere and boom, that behavior changed. Mm -hmm. And that's why yep. I said, whoa, that's the capability piece. Yeah. Well, and you see um, them doing it in prisons. You see it with um, the, uh, the people who are in the prisons working with dogs. They give them that responsibility of, have you seen that program where it's like 
uh, like stray dogs will be yes. um, taken in and the prisoners will work with the dogs so that the dogs are ready to be adoptable. Yes. I'm sure that their self-esteem and their capability just goes up, which in turn helps their mental health and makes them not, not only the dogs ready to be adoptable, but when they, it's time for their, their sentence to be over, they have a different outlook on being out in the outside world. So exactly, you know, exactly that. So why can we not bring that piece into classrooms? Right, right. And like I say, is like, you don't need a budget for it. Right, exactly. There's enough responsibilities around the classroom that you can give a mm-hmm. bully so that they mm-hmm. can feel capable. Right. Oh my gosh. There's so many little things cleaning out. You know, I don't know if they have chalkboards anymore, but you know, even those little tiny things, they feel helpful. They feel capable. They feel trusted. Just like you're saying, that's so wonderful. I love um, that, that concept. And like you said, you don't need a budget, you know, they just need a heart. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And an awareness and that moment to take and, and, you know, and stop and go, okay, yes, I see what's uh, needed, but they need somebody like you who can go, okay, here's how we spot them. Here's how we spot the bully in the classroom. Here's, you know, some steps to take to um, help not only the victims, but also the bully so that the bully stops the behavior. Cause isn't that what we truly want? We exactly. want the bully to stop the behavior. So, you know, it's very interesting. I'm again, going off on a, on a little bit of a tangent. One mm-hmm. of the things, um, like, and it's, I'm grateful my daughter talks to me because one of the things that came up in the meeting the other day was, um, the principal told my daughter, you're very lucky that your parents, you're very fortunate that your parents, you know, are mm-hmm. so available to you. Mm-hmm. And I had emailed her about the whole situation with the other girls that had created this scenario on right, Thursday. Right. And the principal said to me, you know, your assessment of that is really quite accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not a rocket scientist, but it's pretty obvious what's going on here, right? Because you stepped back and looked at it. Exactly. But here's the thing, Heather, what I have seen from what my daughter tells me, and it just, Mm -hmm. this is one of the quote unquote top schools in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, But there, I think there's four ways in which teenagers are trying to fit in, in this day and age. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, We're talking a bit about peer pressure, Mm -hmm. alcohol, Mm -hmm. drugs sex, Mm. drama. Mm, Yep. So that's when I had to sit my daughter down and say, look, you don't drink. Okay. Cause we don't drink. Right. Uh You're not into drugs because we don't take drugs. Mm -hmm. Right. You're not romping around everywhere because you have very high standards. Right. So what's left is drama. You Uh want to fit in so badly that you're happy to engage in the drama just Mm -hmm. so that you have friends, just so that you fit in. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't want to tell the principal, like, girl, I know way more than you think. And you don't <laughs> want to hear it from me. You know, yeah, exactly. there are kids that show up high and drunk to school. Mm-hmm. They have vodka in their water bottles. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. Because of privacy, they, uh, you know, no one can search them. Right, right? right. So here's the thing about fitting in. 
and I, I said this to my daughter because mm-hmm. she said to me, you know, mom, I just want to have friends. I just want to be accepted. I just want to be loved. And I said to her, mm-hmm. number one, are you your own friend? Mm, yeah. And she said to me, what do you mean? I said to her, look at how hard you are on yourself. You're mm-hmm. constantly beating yourself up. Bullying yourself. <laughs> Bullying. That's my other area of expertise, right? Right, so, right. You know, yeah. like, I, it's like you be, you're bullying yourself. Why don't you just accept yourself just the way you are? Mm-hmm. Why is it not okay for you to score 70 on a test? Mm-hmm. Why does it have to be in these and 90s? Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you start by being your friend yourself? Mm-hmm. And she still doesn't get it. But here's the thing, Heather, and this was my big aha profound thing. Mm-hmm. And this is actually, like I say, I'm still working on a TEDx. I don't know if they're going to take me on as a speaker or not. But I actually called it why I stopped motivating myself. Oh, wow. I love that. Uh-huh. Thank you. Because this is the aspect of self-bullying. Mm-hmm. And I began to realize why I believe myself, don't mind getting into the history, is I grew right. up with a very narcissistic mom. And she was an enmeshed parent. And for mm-hmm. those who might not know what that is, basically, there are a series of things like she dumped all her problems on me. Mm-hmm. You know, if she had any issues with my dad, I was supposed to fix it. Right. I was her parent. From the time I was about eight years old, I was her parent. And I remember mm-hmm. eight years old because that's when her father passed away. And I was the one that was comforting her and trying to make her feel better. Right. Uh-huh. And I distinctly, at, at my age, I distinctly remember that. And trust mm-hmm. me, I am, I'm 21 years young. <laughs> twice over (laughs) I love it Uh so what ended up happening is it wasn't just that and then there was a piece where she literally between me being her parent and her telling me that I was of no use to her because I was born a girl um yeah her telling me to run away from home because she was done with having me in her house uh you know I struggled with Mm self-worth. I really struggled with self-worth. So what I started doing is I started trying to find my worth in what I did and not who I was. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, I got a mile long achievements. So (laughs) many things. Uh And then, you know, it took me years to understand that was just bullying myself because it wasn't even really self-worth that I was after. I was after love and acceptance Mm -hmm. because I wasn't loved and accepted as I am as a woman. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had to start with loving and accepting myself first. Mm -hmm. Now, someone may ask, it's like, okay, how do you love and accept yourself? Instead of trying to find ways to do it, I was looking CPA here, internal auditing. So I always audit my own life. Uh I love it. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) I started looking for evidence of how I was choosing myself. Mm. How was I choosing myself by putting myself first? And it was things like, you know, I was supposed to reply to like 10 emails. I was exhausted. So I chose to nap instead. Mm -hmm. Right. It was about setting healthy boundaries. I used to call my parents every weekend. I used to email my dad every day. I said no more. Mm-hmm. And I call once every two weeks, two weeks, and I email once a week. Mm-hmm. It's about how do you set boundaries with yourself about, you know, how mm-hmm. are you treating yourself mm-hmm. currently? The minute you do anything, you know, how do you feel about it? Oh, why are you doing it? 
how do you feel about it? Mm-hmm. Like, if it's somebody's birthday, I ask myself, do I really want to wish this person? Do I feel it in my heart that I want to wish this mm-hmm. person? Or am I doing it because I've always done it? Right. Obligation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's how are you choosing yourself? Mm-hmm. And then what I started doing is if I started chasing after a goal, I started thinking about, so let's take typical goals people have. It's like, I want a promotion. I want more money. Mm-hmm. I want, it's not that what you're chasing after. It's the feeling those things give you. Right. Exactly. Freedom, uh-huh. satisfaction, joy, happiness. So ask yourself, how can you have joy in this moment? Mm -hmm. How can you have happiness in this moment right here, right now? It's Mm -hmm. there. You just need to find it inside yourself. And then when you go and apply for that job or that promotion, you take that action from a place of joy, from a place of fulfillment, from a place of happiness, that you don't see the action as leading to salvation when you achieve your goal, but you see the action as the goal itself regardless regardless of the outcome of the action and that's what I did today I had a call with the TEDx organizer here locally and I said that to him I said to him you know I am absolutely disconnected with the outcome of this call Mm -hmm. for me my goal my action was this call Mm -hmm. I've achieved my goal Mm mm-hmm and that's what I'm saying is why don't we start approaching our goals in that way so we stop bullying ourselves? Right. Yeah. Ask yourself, what feeling are you after? Mm-hmm. And can you foster that feeling inside of yourself right now when you take the action, number one? And number two, treat the action as if it's the end goal, mm-hmm. not as if it is a step to the goal. Mm-hmm. Because if you think of it as a step to the goal, you're always going to be yearning. You're always going to be looking forward. Yeah. You're setting up those expectations on the outcome instead of, uh, aligning with the feeling before exactly yeah and that's and I see a lot of people posting like oh it's Monday when will it be Friday today's only Thursday it's like is this how you want to live your life yeah oh like, yeah each day is a gift it you know really that's why is. it's called the present you know uh-huh. why can't we just treat it that way yeah exactly oh my gosh well, this, this has been such a great discussion. And I want to keep going just a little bit more. So, sure. um, so I thought I always have my, get, my guests talk about maybe three to five tips on um, how uh, they in, implement their inf- this into uh, their lives or into their clients' lives. And so uh, we can talk, I'd love for you to give your tips on either how to spot bullies externally, meaning, you know, or internal bullies. So take it from here and you, you go, go with that. So basically, if you're looking for an external bully, we feel people's vibes. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. We are so out of touch with our feelings. Yes. You know, it's, it's very interesting. You don't listen to what someone says right? I'm not mm-hmm. saying don't listen to them. It's, it's not their words. It's how they're saying, you know, that, that famous saying, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm-hmm. So a very good example of this is right after my wedding, um, a family member came up to me and said to me, you got so many compliments. <laughs> <laughs> and the vibe of that, right? You can feel the vibe. Right. Uh-huh. So that internal belief you're looking for an internal belief my question to you is how do you 
feel in any given moment in time? Mm -hmm. How do you feel? Mm-hmm. Now, here's, I'll be very honest with you, even though I teach this, it doesn't mean I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, after everything I went through with my daughter over the last couple of days, mm-hmm. and literally having the principal mad at me, the teacher mad at me, my daughter mad at me, my husband mad at me, probably <laughs> the police mad at me, I was beating myself up. Right. I was, you know, mm-hmm. but I allowed myself the process to cry through that. Mm-hmm. I spent all morning yesterday, four hours, just crying. Well, yeah, feeling your feelings. I was feeling my feelings because my daughter just said, you know, all of this happened because I opened my mouth. I will not talk to you about anything ever again. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it stung real deep, but I realized she needed to process what she was processing and I needed to process what I was processing. And that's the thing is, when do you bully yourself? It's like when you just shut yourself down and say, you know what? This is something pathetic. You know, people have it way worse than me. You know, I shouldn't be crying about this. Mm, Or you you just kind of tell yourself, don't cry. No, Mm. you know what? In any given moment in time, how do you feel about yourself? Mm -hmm. Not what you're doing, not what you're thinking. How do you feel about yourself in the present moment? Mm -hmm. And then take that feeling and then whatever you're about to do, like say it's a project you want to, or you've been assigned to do Mm -hmm. how do you feel about it Mm -hmm. what feeling are you going in with to handle that Mm -hmm. um at the end of the day people will treat you how you treat yourself so ask yourself how is it that you're treating yourself Mm -hmm. they're just literally reflecting back to you the energy we're giving out Mm -hmm. right so how is it that you are treating yourself? Mm-hmm. You've got mm-hmm. to ask yourself that, you know, and it's so funny. Someone reached out to me on LinkedIn and I'm going to create a PDF for it is like, how do you, you know, how do I stop my inner critic? How do I recognize, mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. you know, no, he recognized it, but he didn't know how to stop it. And one yeah. of the most important things I will tell you about your inner critic is ask yourself this question. Is your inner critic right about you 100% of the time? Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then I want you to go and find evidence where it hasn't been right about you Mm -hmm. and write it down because that is, that's your anchor. You're anchoring Mm -hmm. into the times that your inner critic was wrong. Mm -hmm. So it shows you don't really need to listen to it. Right. Yeah. It's that, yeah, that's that huge awareness. Um, yeah. And writing it down, I was, uh, it's so funny because I was talking with uh, some, another guest when I was recording today and we were talking about how important it really is to journal and to, um, to have a journal when you've done things right. Oh, yes. So that you can go back. And when that internal critic starts going and, you know, those intrusive thoughts and that negative feedback loop starts going, Mm -hmm. you can go and go, oh, wait, look how I did that right. You know, right. And two things that I journal every night that I would recommend all listeners Mm. to do. Definitely. What were you grateful for today? Mm -hmm. And secondly, is how did I choose me today? What did I do to choose myself today? Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And I cannot emphasize how important it is. Like yesterday, when I said, how did I choose me today? I cried for four hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You let yourself go through the process. Right. Exactly. You let yourself be. Let yourself be. You're, mm-hmm. Like, it's like Karen says, you're once in a lifetime cosmic event. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh, cherish yourself. 
Exactly. And we are human beings, not, not human, human beings. beings. Yes. So we're here to be. So what are we being in the moment? You know, are we exactly. being present with ourselves and what we're feeling? Or are we squashing that in and going and doing something to distract ourselves? The doing, the doing comes from trying to seek satisfaction, mm-hmm. success, validation. fulfillment, validation outside of us. And my question right. is, what can you do right now to foster that feeling inside of you? Because it exists. You just need to find it. Oh, yeah, I love this. I want to end here because that is just beautiful. Just what you said. Um, what can you do to foster it from the inside out? Um Kaliana, thank you so much for um, being here today with me and talking about all of this bullies, anti-bullying, not bullying ourselves, you know, external and internal bullies and giving us some tools and giving the listeners some tools. Um, You can reach out to Kaliani at the following social media and and other outlets. Uh, the first one is her website, and it is www.kaliani speaks, which is K-A-L-Y-A-N-I-S-P-E-A-K-S dot com. She is on LinkedIn at Kaliani Pardeshi, and it's P-A-R-D-E-S-H-I LinkedIn. She's also on Instagram and she shares, I love your um, posts that you do with these, those nice little tidbits each day, you know, that uh, people can resonate with. It is Kaliani Speaks 049 on Instagram and on Facebook. She is Kaliani, K-A-L-Y-A-N-I dot P-A-R-D-E-S-H-I on Facebook. So don't miss out is, um, do you have anything coming up? Um, where can they get your book? So my book is available on Amazon. And right now I'm doing one-on-one consultations. I am definitely open to personal development that I often offer in the corporate world, which is goal setting in the face of your inner critic. Mm. And in schools, I obviously teach my anti-bullying techniques as well as the fine line between self-motivation and self-bullying this Mm -hmm. is for older students I'd say grade eight and up Uh um, especially because you feel the pressure of finishing off school going to university it's so important to focus on the difference between where you're motivating yourself and where you're bullying yourself yes and I'm available to do this remotely as well so location doesn't matter (laughs) so um what is the best way for them to reach out to you um to get in touch with you for one-on-one or for corporate or school events um my website is probably one of the best places um or i i'm not trusting facebook so much anymore or linkedin yeah Yeah, because it's like i don't know if it lands up in my spam i may not see it so my website or um linkedin Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. And so they can just do a con you can do a contact us and she will get back with you. Again, Kalyani, thank you so much for being on the Integra podcast. Again, this is the Integra podcast where we talk about everything wisdom, wellness and woo. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you've enjoyed this session and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by Integra Holistic Wellness. 
home of the Integra Wellness Method. At Integra Holistic Wellness, we recognize that you are made up of four integral parts, body, mind, spirit, and soul purpose. When you work with an Integra Holistic Wellness Mentor, you'll be guided how to integrate these four parts of your being through nutrition and movement, mindfulness and emotional release, connection to others and your higher self and your soul's true purpose. To find out more and connect with Heather, contact her at support at integraholisticwellness.com. That's support at integraholisticwellness.com. You can also catch her on Instagram and Facebook at Integra Holistic Wellness. That's I-N-T-E-G-R-A Holistic Wellness.